Hello everybody and welcome to Project Unfinished. My name is Alex Jackson and this is a podcast about podcasts that I never finished. It's a podcast about projects that I have yet to get done or that will never get done. It's a podcast about forgotten muses and lost opportunities and this is the actual third episode. We're calling it 0.3 in the ongoing beta test of finishing a project. I think it would be so funny if the only project I ever finished was Project Unfinished. So uh, I want to start off by saying this episode, first of all, is called uh, My Second Attempt at a Happy Project. It is not my first attempt at a happy project. That's not this episode. Maybe that will be a different episode. Um, This episode is about the second time I ever tried to do this thing that I called the happy project. Um, It's been difficult to make this episode. It's been difficult to sit down and get it out. I've recorded it probably about four times now. And every time I don't feel like it's good enough. I don't feel like it's, it's gotten to the heart of what this issue is. And with episode three, the whole idea behind this podcast was to create um, anything that came to mind. If some muse hit me, I would just start doing it. And I called this the summer of doing things, or now I'm calling it the summer of creation. You just do whatever comes to mind, no matter what fear is telling you, you do it anyway. So I started this podcast, but I also want to go deeper and I want to start to create those things that I'm scared to create uh, on a more visceral level uh, and be more honest and open about things and talk about things that matter. Part of that is I saw Nanette, which is a somewhat of a comedy special uh, by Hannah Gadsby on Netflix. If you haven't seen that, please go check it out. It is wonderful. Like this podcast, not the priority. That should be the priority. It's amazing. It's life-changing. And her honesty in that talk, that special, uh, is a challenge to, I think, other creators to express that same sort of earnestness. And so here I am trying to record episode 0.3 for now the fourth time. The first time that I recorded this episode was July 5th. And it was immediately in the aftermath of the 4th of July, which helps to give a little bit of context to this story. Now let's get into the actual details. The Happy Project. The concept of the Happy Project came after um, a very difficult time in my life when a counselor that I was seeing said, you need to find something that makes you happy. Like go fly a kite go see a movie, whatever it is, it's something that you have to identify as something that makes you happy because then maybe you'll realize that there's something else going on here that's stopping you from feeling that thing and it's not your fault. So I had this terrible depression that I was was struggling with and I wanted to find something that I could point at every day that was something that made me happy or that at least I felt like I should be happy because of this thing. It was a practice in increasing gratitude and enjoying life more, even in the midst of struggle and frustration. And the first time I did that, it was awesome. I It lasted for a long time. It lasted for basically over the entire summer. And uh, it really helped me to 
move forward in my life after a very difficult time. Now, this second happy project came from a similar place. This happy project was after I was leaving ministry for good and starting a job as a teacher and moving to the desert. I posted about this recently on Instagram, this idea of, of leaving the career that I was in, starting something new, and being really sort of frightened and shaken up about it. Uh, it was a difficult transition. It was a difficult thing to grasp uh, what happiness looked like in this context because all of my life had been built around uh, this career. All of my life had been built around like, what, what does it look like to do this thing? And my cr constructions of the future were constructions that included my career being in ministry. So leaving that and leaving the place that I was living kind of gave me this sense of, I don't know what good looks like in this contract, in this context. I don't know what happiness looks like in this context. So let's try that happy project again. Let's get back to that thing because it was effective the first time. Let's just try. I wanted to basically open up a Tumblr that nobody knew about and start posting one picture every day and a little blog that said, this is why this thing makes me happy. This is what happiness looks like in this new context. And in October of my first year as a teacher, I'd gotten to know a lot of like really amazing students. I had transitioned into this career as a teacher in a way that I felt was amazing. I could see opportunity in this, um, even though that opportunity looked so much different from what I had imagined in the first place. And as I was talking with my students and getting to know them, I was in a independent studies context. So I was sitting across from students in one-on-one -on -one meetings and talking to them about their lives, about uh, the struggles that they were facing. And so I, I had this one student that opened up about how he and his two siblings were living in a one bedroom house with their parents who were undocumented. And this student, you would never imagine that the place he came from was a struggle just because he was always so well put together. He was a great student. He was on top of his work. Uh, an absolutely exceptional student in every way, straight A's across the board. Um, and so for him to open up about this and for me to be completely floored by it, like I had no idea that this is what the student was going through. Um, it, it sort of shook me up. And so this great kid, great personality um, comes to me and tells me the story and there's this sense of pride that I took in him as a student and this sense of happiness that he felt like he could open up to me. And keep in mind, this is October of 2016. So I decide as a way to acclimate to this new career and my new surroundings, I'm gonna start this secret Tumblr account. And on that Tumblr, I'll post something every day. And so my last post on that happy project and the reason why it's one of the many unfinished projects is a post about that kid and about the struggle that he was facing and how it gave me hope and excitement and and happiness to see him and, and to be able to connect to him. Uh, and like I said, 
keep in mind the context of when this was happening, I posted that final post of him on November 7th, 2016. And on the 8th, it was this weight on my chest that I don't think has gone away since then. Uh, I saw the student the day after the election. I saw the student again. He came in for a meeting and we talked and uh, it, it came up that Trump had won the election and he had previously, like the last week, had shared this story with me. And a lot of teachers, a lot of new teachers will tell you that in your first year of teaching, you should sort of expect every once in a while to have a day where you just break down, where you feel like you can't handle it. I had a lot of experience in youth ministry with classroom management. And so the idea of getting overwhelmed by being around students or or experiencing their circumstances didn't seem that reasonable to me. Like I was like, oh no, I'll be able to handle that. I'll be fine. And I'm sitting across from this student and feeling this sense of powerlessness and this sense of, of loss, looking at him and knowing his context and trying to talk about the election and what had happened and trying to give him hope, trying to, trying to teach in that context and just sort of telling him, I don't, I don't know. I don't have any certainty about what the future is going to look like. I don't know what my job's going to look like next year. I don't know what my career in life is going to look like. And I sure as hell have no idea what's going to happen to this poor kid that now lives in a context where the, the hate that is directed at him is affirmed at the highest level that his lack of respect the sorry the lack of humanity with the way that he is viewed that is affirmed at the highest level i can't guarantee that just because he's working hard or understands these concepts that there's any opportunity for him in the future and I'm trying to convince him to go to college because he's a straight A student. But I'm also like, I can't guarantee that filling out the FAFSA is a good decision for you. And I can't help you. I don't understand your context. I don't understand your situation. All I can see is from the outside in, this weight and this pain and so I remember following uh, this concept of the Happy Project afterwards and going back to that Tumblr account and continuing the Happy Project felt like an offense. It felt like an embodiment of privilege to feel happiness 
instead of feeling scared. And just recently today, the reason I'm coming back to making this podcast is because I read uh, this tweet by by Tim Grierson. I don't know the context of it, but um, I saw it posted. Being angry all the time is exhausting and corrosive. Not being angry feels morally irresponsible. The Happy Project was a way to overcome a depression and overcome an anger and confusion about my life. And in light of what happened in November of 2016, I earnestly could not approach that project without feeling sickened by my own privilege to pursue that happiness. It was frustrating to me that we were in this circumstance and I could not put words to something that gave me happiness in that moment. And for some people who are listening to this, maybe you feel like this is overdramatic or that you feel like it's overly uh, social justice warrior leftist baloney. And I would say that any time that you've created empathy, that you've made empathy into the enemy, you have a problem. I was trying desperately to empathize with my students and the situations they were in and felt this huge lack in my ability to move forward. So that brings me to today and this project and this podcast and this idea that I want to just create stuff. I want to just make stuff. I want to make stuff that encourages other people, that brings positivity into the world, that brings affirmation into the world. I believe that those are powerful and good things that need to exist, but they exist within a world where you could wake up tomorrow and something happens that completely shifts the world and it's like the magic is sucked out of everything. And maybe that's my struggles with depression talking, that you wake up sometimes and the world seems a little bit more gray and you don't know how to handle it and you don't know where it came from. That's just the way it is. Um, but I think all of us can identify with this feeling that you wake up sometimes and the magic is gone from that day. And it reminds me of these two things that I want to share with you. The first is... I read Stephen King's It before the movie came out because I like to try and do that. I didn't realize how big It was when I started reading it because I read it on Audible um, or it was read to me on Audible. So I started listening to this book and the thing that stuck out to me the most was how Stephen King approached the concept of evil. Evil wasn't just Pennywise the Clown. It wasn't just this bad, monstrous thing. Evil was this wind that blew through a town. Evil was this, this oppressive force that would come over the world every so often, and you couldn't do anything about it. It seemed like it created apathy 
in good people and it created a darkness an insatiable darkness in other people uh that was irrational and confusing and it was almost like those people were possessed and within the context of stephen king that makes sense because he's telling these horror stories but something about that really resonated with the way that i saw people who should be good people sitting back and doing nothing or encouraging the proliferation of evil it was i felt powerless i felt like there was something else over the world a wind came that blew through the world and all of a sudden people were under its spell i think that it's good to consider evil in this way that yes there are evil acts done by people done by individuals and if you've ever read it you know that that is definitely the case there are people in that book that are bad bad people uh but evil itself is something more than just that and when we start to identify people like individuals as the root of the bad we create more bad we create more more anger more fear more frustration more invitations to apathy and for me at least viewing it as this thing this force that comes in that that overtakes people's minds helps me to feel like the only way to fight this thing is with magic. That sounds so silly. I know it does. I know it sounds wacky. But I think that the only way to address when the world starts to shift towards a darkness is to dive even deeper into creation from a place of affirmation and love. The only way that you can get to that, that solution, the only way that you can conquer that level of evil, it's not going to be by Facebook debates. It's not going to be by uh, targeting one person and putting your anger and frustration on that person. The only way that those minds are going to change, that the world is going to return to a sense of, of normalcy, is by insatiably pursuing goodness and focusing solely on that goodness. Now that student that was suffering under that knowledge, oh, that's oh, such a weird way to put it. I'm not gonna edit that out, but that student that I was speaking with that was inspiring to me, uh, he ended up graduating and will go on to college and will pursue a beautiful life. I was excited and happy to see him doing those things. And I got to see him doing those things. In November of 2016, that was an uncertainty. 
And the fear that that wouldn't happen was a very real fear that shook me. But it did happen. And that's an amazing thing to celebrate now. And I have to name it. I have to, I have to be excited about it. So the first example that I was, I was talking about was it, right? This idea of uh, an overarching evil that sort of sweeps over the world. The other example that I want to draw from is a video game that I've been playing a lot of called Stardew Valley. And I know both of these examples in light of the seriousness of the story uh, are weird examples to draw from. But in Stardew Valley, it's like a Farmville uh, or Harvest Moon type of game where you're farming and living a life. You wake up in the morning and you have this option of turning on the TV and seeing uh, the weather report and a fortune teller. And the fortune teller will tell you how the spirits are moving that day. And we'll just say they're they're in a bad mood, so you're going to have bad luck. There's nothing you can do about it. Um, you might be able to make them happy in other ways or something like that, but especially early on in the game, there's not really much you can do to affect that reality. They're just not going to they're not going to be happy today. Your luck's going to be worse. You're not going to find as many good things. Sometimes you wake up and you had plans for that day, that future that you wanted, and it's just not going to happen. Something shifts. The wind changes. It goes from being this world of opportunity in your head to being this gray world with this weight of sadness. And maybe you're not going to do it today maybe it's it's you're you're not going to get the things that you want or have the the luck that you need to be successful uh and if anything stardew valley i know this is so silly saying it sounds silly uh has taught me that on those days there's work to be done anyway that when you wake up on a day like that and you feel that sense of the winds have changed there's a bad thing in the air things aren't going to be too good today or maybe things have changed drastically and they're not going to be good for a year two years four years oh god i hope not eight years um but for however long there's going to be this sense this feeling and guess what there's work to be done today if you're aware of Stardew Valley, there are parsnips that need to be picked and sold. And even if you're not going to get lucky, you still have a job to do. And that job has not changed. The job for you in this moment, the job for me, is to dig deep into the soil and pull out something good. Create something good in light of bad muses, in light of bad spirits in the air, in light of all sorts of wacky things that you may be feeling deep down inside, in light of the gray cloud that sits overhead. You have to pull out that good thing. That's the work that you have for today. I won't pretend to understand the context of other people 
that are that are feeling it way worse than I am. And so this might sound like really crappy advice. But I will say that in my experience, when I wake up and create something good, no matter what sort of overbearing, overarching badness sits on top of the world, when I make something good in that, I feel a shift. Maybe I'm adding a little drop of water to the bucket of good, but ultimately we need to do that day by day, hour by hour, even if it takes many, many years. The only way that we're going to fix that is by one day we wake up, we check the fortune teller, and it says, it's going to be a good day. The spirits have changed. Or one day something happens where that overarching force is defeated and it goes away. But you're not going to have the energy or the excitement or the love enough to defeat that thing unless you dig it up every single morning. And if you're hearing this and feeling like, man, he's getting really feisty today. He's being real pushy. I'm saying this to myself more than anything. You got to dig up the happiness today. Even when it feels like some sort of indulgent privilege to be happy. Find the happiness and share it with somebody else. Find that good thing that you can create and create from an abundance of love. Day by day, it can get better. It has to. Thank you guys so much for listening to episode 0.3. This one took a lot of digging to get it out. So it means a lot that anybody would be listening. It's helpful that it's finally there and it's something for other people to see if you want to check out some of my poetry uh, go to instagram at ap jackson poetry um, and our youtube will be setting up in the next week or two it's actually going to be a teacher tube channel where we'll be talking about um, equity within the classroom and uh, i'm really excited about that so lots of cool things happening um, again, thanks for listening.